You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the 13th of April, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and it was a... Uh, it was a wild week on the internet. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess maybe since the advent of social media, the outrage du jour, it was, it's always a wild week on the internet. But uh, <laughs> this week in particular, it was, I don't know, somebody took some bad PR pills at the beginning of the week and um, <laughs> maybe Mercury was retrograde in Libra and everything went south after that. But like, <laughs> communications nightmares this week, eh? Yeah, no, it was uh, not a good day to be a major corporation, that's for sure. <laughs> well, a major corporation, um, I mean, it's, it started with Pepsi and a uh, completely tone-deaf uh, television commercial. It went to, I think, the White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, and some completely tone-deaf comments. And then it went to United Airlines, Um well, at least they don't break guitars anymore. They just break faces now. Um, <laughs> horrible. I mean, and, 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 and the worst of it is in every instance, it was dealt with terribly online. The in, worst of all, in, uh, in, in, in Twitter, uh, that toxic and, and horrible place that uh, we're also addicted to using but don't like being in. <laughs> wow! So you know what I did? I don't even. I don't want to talk about bad PR. Because bad PR. I mean, those have been talked to death. I opened a Mastodon account. You know, the 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 um, apparently Nazi free alternative to Twitter. Right. Which, as soon as you say it, means it's not going to be true for very long. But yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, apparent. Uh, apparently, they um, they're using both algorithms and human filterers to look for people who are saying crappy things or being crappy to each other. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot like TweetDeck with a lot less happening. Right. Um, if it picks up, Mastodon could be a really cool environment. Um, but I don't think it's going to, which is stupid. No. No, I know. It is one of those that you just sort of go, yeah, it's already kind of being done. And you know what? If if it did start to take off, it would it would be because of the character limitation, right? That it's 500, you know, and there are a lot of times that I think we all get frustrated where it's like just another 50 characters. Right? They could actually get like an actual thought out at once. Um, you know, but if that was it and Twitter saw them making ground, so Twitter yeah. goes, okay, everybody wants an extra 50 characters or 100 characters, a couple hundred, you know. That to a point, but I'm also going to go with the goldfish growing to the sides of its bowl sort of theory. Yeah, um, and I'm going to use you and Bill Hartzer as an example. Um, I know both of you have been like challenging and frustrating your uh, porn beleaguered editors at Search Engine Land and <laughs> Search 
journal with these like you know multi thousand word articles. Um, and I suggest that you and Bill have pretty much grown to the size of the environment that your um, <laughs> lackadaisical and and, some, and sometimes quite lazy editors allow you to grow to. They should be cracking the whip on your ass. That's what they should be doing. <laughs> well, they're they're getting there. You're right, and I mean, it, I think at at some point, and to the editors, sort of thing. It's at some point you expand. In the case of these articles to the attention span of your audience. And then as soon as you go a little too big, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden it's not going to go very well. Um, so that's something, you know, mindful that, that I need to be, I mean, you know, certainly all of our listeners know, you know, sometimes I can maybe over explain something to a point past where it needed to actually, you know, I don't need to list eight examples from a patent. I can list one or two, right. To prove a point. Um, so I, you know, well, as as our conversation on uh, on the um, article you had in yesterday's search engine land uh, will elucidate it later on in the show. Um, in some cases, it's a lot to unpack. Very true. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll tease the audience. We're not going to be getting to it yet, but later in the show, we're going to be talking about two patents that Google put out, both of which are, um, I don't know, Dave, they kind of... Uh, if there's a creep meter that I got inside my stomach, Google just kind of like out creeped my creep meter. Um, they're really like manipulative sounding patents. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, the first one that I covered is 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 certainly the creepiest. It's it's that part. You know what? I'll save it. But but our listeners, yeah, there's there's a lot of creepiness. And if you're a pay per click manager, a lot of really really neat opportunities coming up in the in the not too distant future that. You know, just because you have a patent doesn't mean you're going to do it. But these ones, you can just see it. <laughs> like it's, you can already see it. And we'll be talking about some of the stories. It's sort of like, okay, and here's some examples um, of what and, we're uh, seeing. We will be, we're going to be touching on this in the in the next segment. But uh, we got some quick stuff to get through first. Um, Search Engine Land has, uh, or Moz, I should say, has just released their um, annual. Well, in this case, they're they're, they're biannual. Um, local search ranking factor uh, survey results. Yeah. Uh, normally they do this every year. This time they did it, they uh, waited a year. So, um, not a lot of, interestingly, not a huge amount of change, but uh, 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 if a lot of change that did happen was uh, foisted, foisted, was caused by um, last year's possum update. Um, did you, uh, did you get the survey? Did you see the survey itself? I did. Yeah. I've looked through the, the survey. I haven't gone, you know, I mean, it was just released. I haven't gone all the way through, uh, through all of it yet. Um, but it does like, I I've gone through some of the, the summary and for our listeners and I, am sure you've seen it as well. If you read, they've actually got in their blog post and this is, this is interesting. Um, they've actually got their sort of announcement of, the, you know, that it's been released in a blog post, but what they actually did in that blog post itself is they show the breakdown of ranking factors in 2015 versus 17, sort of side by side. They're like, here's what people thought the percentage weight was of each of these factors two years ago versus today. So that's an interesting part too, where you can see that, okay, you know, they're looking at Google, my business signals have, they're still the number one as far as the local goes, but they've dropped about 12% in the, the weight in the sort of relevant weight that they're being given. Whereas link signals, according to the people who did the survey have improved or have increased in their importance. So, you know, just some, some interesting stuff. When talking about local listings, it's important to note that there's like really two sections that, or two sections of a search results page that we're thinking of. One is like the local pack, that box that you um, see, which you know contains a map and maybe uh, three to five uh, map coordinated or pinned listings. And the other one is like uh, local local um, organic rankings, um, what you would find in like a general search, except you know obviously weighted to the local businesses that meet the search query. Mm -hmm. um, in the uh, local pack, again, under underneath the map, the thing that gets you onto that map, and uh, you know, I, I, what, I, what I would suggest is the most prominent uh, results on the uh, on a local page, 
Mm-hmm. Stuff from your Google My Business account, um, the information you enter in Google My Business, your, your, your uh, street address, uh, categories that you put yourself in, uh, if there's keywords in the business title, etc. Incoming links, on-page signals, um, again, the presence of, of, of contact information, keywords and titles, domain authorities, etc. Citations, um, what people are saying about you. Reviews, again, what people are saying about you. How people behave on your website. Um, some personalization to, uh, to the search user themselves. And social signals. Uh, engagement at Google+, or Facebook, or Twitter. These again. These are not necessarily things that Google is looking at, but these are things that search marketers, online marketers, are looking at to rank their clients well in Google. And that's a really, really good distinction um, to mention. There, this isn't, you know, the, the science of Google. Google didn't put this out, but this is what very smart people in the industry are saying. Yeah, if you do this, you're likely to either directly affect Google and get you know a ranking boost for that, or to uh, get to get Google's notice. They, they they looked at you. They see that there's um, heat or or interest around a certain topic, um, and that may not be a direct ranking signal, but it's an influencer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that last list I read was how you get in that map area. Local organic ranking is, is interestingly, is different. Many of the same signals, but in a different order. Um, as with all organic rankings, links is the number one, or thought to be the number one uh, influence on, on, uh, on ranking in, in, in local organic. Um, on-page signals, uh, how users behave on your site, personalization to the user, um, citations, uh, what you enter in my business, reviews, and again, social signals uh, rounding out the, the top eight. What do you think about that? Do um, Does presence and engagement in social media really have a res- uh, an effect on search results, Dave? You know, that was the one that, to me, I'm presently. Okay, I, I look at as of this moment and would I still engage in it because I think it's coming at this moment, I'm kind of on the fence. Um, but I've been doing a lot of studying right now on, on, there's a a few sites, specifically large sites that we're working with on their backlink profiles. And, and one of them actually had a a drop recently in rankings on their newer content. Uh, and then we looked at the backlink profiles of their older content versus their newer content. And it's a case where their old content is still ranking, but they have newer content and this is tech stuff. Um, and the new content is optimized well, built into the site better, all that, but the old stuff has more links. The new mm-hmm. stuff has more social shares. Doesn't have as many links, but it has a way more social shares. And that's telling me, I don't really think they are right now, at least not to a high degree. They're probably doing some testing with it, but it's indicative. And there's a few sites that I've seen this on. This is pretty indicative of, of what's going on on the web. So if they're not going to start looking at social signals and, and I dare say over time, weighting them stronger um, than, than links over time, they're in trouble because they're going to keep ranking older stuff over, over newer stuff in the case where it it, it may not be relevant unless they can start to figure out um, more about that or, or just reducing links altogether and then starting to weight other factors um, as more important. No, I mean, I think you're exactly right. Um, that's, 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 that's a really cool observation. Um, the, uh, people have stopped blogging. Uh, I shouldn't say they've entirely stopped blogging, but it used to be that everybody had to have a blog and you had to publish to it daily. I mean, you're still, you're still pretty religious about your blog and it works well for you. But, um, a lot of action happens in the social media world rather than, um, on the web, and the blog is where most of those links naturally came from. Yeah. Um, people aren't doing that so much anymore, but everybody is sharing stuff in social. So I think you're right. Uh, Google is going to Google and Bing will both have to start looking towards uh, social signals and and how people react to um, individuals, brands, and mention of product or ideas, services, whatever uh, in the social er- in the social world. Indeed. We got time for one more for one more really quickly, but then we're gonna have to take a quick break. Where do you want to go? Um, 
Okay, I'm going to talk about one that's that's just kind of fun for anybody who has a Google Home. We actually have a couple stories we could go on on this one. But I'm going to talk about a, a new feature that they've just launched um, that will allow you to track flight deals. Um, and I, I've tested it. It's true. You can say, and fortunately, oh, I was testing it earlier. I'm going to unplug my Google Home right now. You can say, okay, Google, we want a flight deal. Um, and then it will start asking you some questions and starts with, okay, you're in Victoria. Where do you want to go? You know, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of big, big flaws in this thing, though. Like, I, I get the idea, but it starts with, okay, flight deals between you and Mexico, which is the example I used. You know, cheap flight, cheapest flights in the two weeks are 550 It gives me no option to just go, okay, what's that cheapest flight? <laughs> I now have to then ask me what dates. And it's like, okay, well, that's hiccup number one. Then when I give it some dates, if I go, oh, okay, how much to go to, you know, London? It assumes I mean on the same dates, right? Like, so there's some, some little glitches and you still can't reserve through it. And you can't even ask it what, what carrier that's through. But I get what but, they're doing. You're, you're starting to get that information um, available. So I could start it there, figure it out, and then go, oh, okay, you know, in, in voice. And then, okay, now I'll just type it in. I figured out what I want. So with, with you know, my Google Home, now I can just go into Google and type it in. For now, I assume within six months, I'll be booking my, my flights right on my Google Home if I wanted to. Well, it's also it's also a bit of a trial balloon for, uh, for Google, too. The um, travel is one of those ubiquitous services that, like, you know, people simply can't do without and they're going to go ask a question about it. Yeah. What do you think about, um, you, you have a Google Home, and I've been annoying you pretty much every radio show by trying to get your Google <laughs> device to order you a sofa. But what yeah. do you think about what, uh, what Burger King has done? I mean, you know what's coming when we get on the air, so you, you probably shut off your, 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 your Google Home <laughs> you just make sure that you're wearing headphones so it can't hear me. Um, but uh, Burger King is running these commercials on television now. You know, you're sitting there in the in the, in the living room, um, and the um, the announcer asks, "Okay, Google, what is the Whopper burger?" Forcing Google Home to pipe up about Burger King. So you've got the um, <laughs> TV commercial happening, and then in your home on your you know side table or whatever, suddenly Google Home is talking about uh, the Whopper. Right. I personally, I, I know there's 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 a lot of flack for it. Personally, I think it's quite smart. Um, like on on their part, they were the first person to do it, and I don't know. They might have gotten their um, their idea from back um, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. He was the you know younger guy in, in Breaking Bad. Just, yeah. Yeah, Jesse. Um, he had done a commercial uh, and had been talking to his Xbox One, and they accidentally found out. It was actually an advertisement for Xbox One, and he actually was was turning it on, and people found their Xbox Ones were actually turning on. He was just actually doing a commercial for this thing. I, I think it was, an, you know, oops on their part because people started <laughs> complaining that you're actually turning them on, but he wasn't meaning to. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really short-lived thing. We know that both Google and Amazon are uh, doing research into voice recognition. Started, I believe, so that I or you know Mary and the kids can all have different playlists uh, you know, being called in, have different accounts being called in mm -hmm. to our Google Home. Um, but I think that's going to pretty much put an end to it. But while it's there... If it's done right, and I don't know if this is the best example what Burger King did. It's it's not bad. They were one of the first to think about it. But I can think of way more fun things people could be doing to that uh, to that regard. But um, overall, I, I think it was actually quite bright. And you know what? If nothing else, right now we're talking about Burger King. <laughs> I've never talked about Burger King on the radio before, but there we are. Well, the, the juvenile of me was pretty amused, but... Uh... Yeah, again, you're right. We're talking about Burger King. It worked. <laughs> okay, on that, we got to take a break here on uh, Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's the 13th of April, 2017. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beatsock, Internet Marketing. Uh, we're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix... 
Go Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. Zo Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let Zo Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Dave, Dave's from Beach, I'll get to that mark today. And um, so I guess we may as well just dive right into it. It's a scary um, topic and uh, <laughs> one that actually I never thought we'd actually be addressing. Um, but Dave, you, um, you've, taken, you, 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 you've taken time to learn how to read patents and it's become kind of kind of an obsession for you. And um, you've written a number of articles, published uh, Search Engine Land, Search Engine Watch. Um, I've seen some over at the Journal, etc. On you know Google patents, and you know like like Bill Slosky, or you're following these patents, putting two and two together, coming up with four, five, eight, sixteen sometimes. Um, and uh, this, this 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 most recent article that you published over at Search Engine Land yesterday. On um, Google's most recent patent, that was that was terrifying. <laughs> Google has basically come out and publicly, I guess if, if you want to call it a patent application and a public statement, um, publicly said we're going to be screwing with your heads. <laughs> That's a long short of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's probably the, and it's funny, it's just one little part that's buried inside a, a, a larger patent. Uh, of course, like it's, it's just this one part of one section. The whole patent itself um, is actually, as far as I'm concerned anyway, covers a really, really good idea. And we can all think about a billion examples where we're already seeing this in there. Um, the patent is called Detecting and Correcting Potential Errors in User Behavior. I don't, errors it's just, in user behavior. Errors in user behavior. Now it, it's funny because uh, Ross and I, uh, Ross Dunn, your your friend of mine, we're actually in New York and we needed to drive to the airport. And it's funny because the example, one of the examples they give in their patent is exactly what we did. <laughs> um, and Google would have stopped us from making this error. And the idea behind the patent is, if we know something in your future that you're about to do, you know, we've seen it in your email that you've got a flight at this time. We, you know, you've added to your calendar, you've got this wedding to attend or whatnot. And they see you about to take an action that's going to prevent that. Booking a ticket at the same time is something, you know, two months from now, could you forget or, you know, overlapping, uh, you know, a lunch with your hair appointment or whatever, it'll stop you. And so the example they listed and Ross and I did this together. Um, we sat in a cab, we were in New York, we needed to fly home, we drove to the airport and we went to the wrong one. Oh, <laughs> I believe we went to LaGuardia, not JFK. Right? So, so fortunately, we still made our flight. But the idea that they were giving is if Google starts to see your mobile device heading in the wrong direction and they know which airport you're in, right? I mean, you got your confirmation and sitting in your emails or, you know, it's in your calendar or whatever. They will send you an alert and go, don't do that. Or another example, if they see, you know, I've got an event, they know I've got a, a you know wedding to go to on 
you know, Monday and they see that I'm putting some dry cleaning in on Saturday, you know, they may ask or, or the device would ask, you know, is this for this wedding? Did you know this dry cleaner is closed <laughs> like on Sunday? So you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to be able to pick it up. Right? Just things like that to just stop you from making errors that are going to prevent you from doing things in the future. Um, great idea. The part that really bothered me about it, however, and that you were alluding to is where they're going and the user may not even need to know. <laughs> and that's the part that kind of bothered me. Um, and, and I think that you found frightening as did I is no, I do need to know <laughs> if you're going to adjust my behavior. I need to know a machine or artificial intelligence can't just make these decisions. The only time I'll give Google the right to make a decision on my behalf is if I'm driving one of Google's self-driving cars and it needs to make a decision between killing a dog or killing a person. <laughs> In this point, I will trust that car to make that decision because it probably shouldn't take the time to ask me my opinion. <laughs> but other than that, um, you know, uh, this is this this is not a not a good idea. Whether I'm interpreting it the way it's being said, um, I don't know. I mean, they they might have a much more passive view of the whole thing, or or a much more altruistic kind of, you know, hey, we can just make sure that the directions are like this, or you know, we can just make sure that you ha we're taking a route that's a little bit longer, but it's driving you by a gas station because we see your car is running out of gas, <laughs> and that you're going to need to do that. So, I mean, they might be taking an altruistic view of the whole thing but to me my technology should ask my opinion if it's about to make decisions on my behalf for me the frightening most frightening aspect was the sheer depth of knowledge that uh, Google or any um, outside entity any corporation um, uh, anyone including my mom might have about like me my personal habits my scheduling and, um, you know, my, my, my having so much information to be able to guess my intentions. That, that worried me. Um, in, in fact, much of what you wrote about and, 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 and just, just told the audience about um, seems rather benign to me. Okay, Google's going to make sure that I don't go the wrong direction. Gives me a quick phone call and, you know, saves me... Um, $25 and about an hour of time, an hour of my time. Um, I'm worried about, and that no, just, <laughs> this might sound terribly paranoid, but you know, why wouldn't a large corporation terribly manipulate a consumer so that it can, you know, it or one of its advertisers can make more money. Um, and you know, buy consumer good, need to buy consumer good, but it still feels creepy. Well, as it should, and I mean, next week we'll be talking, I know um, next, I believe it's next Wednesday it's scheduled to go out, there's part two of the series, and that's where it's going to get really, really interesting, and this is what I, I really felt sorry for the, the, the poor Jessica over at Search Engine Land, because that article started at 6,500 words, I've managed to get it down to about 4,200 <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've managed to condense it quite a bit because I was like, yeah, that is just, just way too much. Um, but what's really fun about it, um, and it, it, it sort of ties in, and this is where, to, to exactly what you were saying, it, the patent itself is called Guided Purchasing via Smartphone, um, which actually applies a lot more to voice-first devices. But it was filed, originally filed, about a year and a half, two years ago, and it just got granted Everything they're doing right now, you can see, is applying, but it's applying more to their personal assistant side and voice um, than to actual smartphones in a display tactile sense. Um, it more has to do with, uh, with the voice. Every example they give doesn't. Uh, it has to do with the phone itself and the patent, but you can really see it coming coming to light in the voice environment or combination. We're seeing it, you know, I mean, heck, you and I both both been watching the news lately um, about these um, rich product features on Google Images and, and things like that that I know we'll be touch, uh, touching on in just a minute and well, how they're sort of guiding us in those directions. Well, creep factor aside, um, what are some of the ways that, that you see um – digital marketers being able to take advantage of, uh, of the direction Google's going in. I think in this case, it becomes super easy for digital marketers um, to, to understand what they're doing. Get involved with paid, 
<laughs> just, just do. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch more on it. Uh, you know, we can get totally into it next week. But at the core of it, what we're going to have the ability to do is, is has never been available to, uh, to to paid marketers yet, um, and that is because they're understanding more about our, our specific behavior and with guided purchasing. And that just means using a voice device. And we can all picture these things. I, I just used it this morning looking for flights, right? I mean, in the most simplistic form, but I was using it and it is a guided form. It's a question response sort of scenario where they're filtering down based on what I've told them. Now imagine that in the, the context of a computer, okay, you know, oh, do I want, you know, Intel or AMD, right? Like just shrinking down. What's my budget? Shrinking down, never showing me anything I don't want um, or, or couldn't afford, but just shrinking me down. But what they cover in, in their patent is the ability for me as an advertiser to jump in at any point. And there's, there's more to it than that, but I'll, I'll, I'll save it till people have a chance to read it, but where you can jump in at any point and change your bid at any point and change your ad at any point. So now I understand that the guided process involves all of these steps. I'm going to inject myself here. So I know they, they have a budget of this. They, they want feature set, you know, A, B, C, and D, right? Like they want this specific set of features and I'm willing to bid more on this specific feature set for this specific device. But once they've selected a model, I want it gone because, hey, I don't carry that model, right? So basically going down this path um, of, of, of people asking questions, and I've gone with a complicated one, computers, and go, okay, if somebody just searches computers, I'm willing to bid X, right? I'm willing to bid 10 cents because that is really generic. But now they've decided they want an Intel, right? And a laptop with an Intel processor. Okay, now maybe I'll bid 20 cents. Okay, now they want it to have, you know, dedicated two gigs of RAM. They want a gaming machine. They want, you know, boom, boom. And so, as it's getting more more specific, if I carry that product, I can inject myself at specific points in this questioning process and go, okay, now I'm willing to bid two bucks. Because I'm the, like one of the only three manufacturers that has this product or something, right? So it's, you, it's worth it. Dave, you... you you realize how important what you're talking about is to digital marketers, right? Oh, it's incredibly important. And if we follow like, their patent, they're actually going to let you pay to have a new uh, question put into the sequence. I don't know whether they're going to add that part, but it's in their patent. Well, because um, yeah. for the last last few shows, we've been we've been asking the question: How are um, digital res or how are search results going to be structured in a voice search universe? And this is exactly what you're talking about, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly. And in the patent, it's interesting. They don't talk at all about organic. None. They talk about two ads, often. <laughs> they talk about one ad a couple times, not once. Does organic come in except when they're referring to providing a context, providing information on a manufacturer, not actually linking to the manufacturer, providing information on a manufacturer. So it, it, it's going to be a real boon for, for paid marketers and give us a lot of power in how we craft things. And, uh, you know, you'll probably read the article and if not, I'll talk a lot more about it next week when, you know, people can actually see a thing and go, ah, okay, I see what he's talking about, um, in, in the proper context. Cause it's a huge, like most of my patent analysis come in at like 2000, 2,500. When I included the patent snippets, it was 6,500. I've had to remove them all and a bunch of other stuff to get it down to a, a decently readable format. But, uh, but yeah, it's, but, it's, but it's a huge patent. So importantly, on uh, the nineteenth Wednesday, the nineteenth of April, this uh, this article is going to be published. Yep. Um, people should probably inform their you know Google calendars or personal <laughs> desktop assistants or personal home assistants, and don't worry, Google will stop you from going to lunch because <laughs> um, uh, you know you really do need to read this article. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll give a big hat tip in advance, uh, Jessica, over at Search Engine Land. Thank you so much for the pain and suffering you're enduring right now <laughs> on my behalf. But again, if you've if you've read this patent right and you've got the signals correct, then you may well be one of the first to be voicing uh, the future of voice search. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be quite remarkable. Um, and what becomes really interesting, and I do a whole sequence right at the end, uh, an, an exchange between the user and their device, and cover where each of these two patents, and that's why I included this the, the patent that, that we talked about today first, um, is when you combine the two. And that's we can get into a lot more next week, but it's easier with a, with a context of, of conversation, which I actually include a conversation between a person and their device, and go, this is where each of the different patents is coming in. And then here's a couple of the points where they actually both are working together at the same time to provide a better result. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see how they both function together. Okay, well, here's another mental mashup that uh, listeners should be, should be thinking about. Um, we've been talking about Google Home and personal assistance and the, the, the rise of personal assistance optimization and such for a few weeks now, but... And and, and 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 we sort of left it with the impression that it's going to be like this this um, audible universe where you know you're talking to your device and your device is talking back to you like Siri does, but these devices are actually built to blend in with both your um, Android or um, you know other mo- other uh, mobile computing devices. Or with your um, television, or which actually televisions aren't even televisions anymore. They're, they're really big monitors that do that receive information via uh, the internet, even if it's cable. It's still coming very much like the internet. Um, and yeah, so we've users or our listeners got to imagine the this isn't just going to be an audible world. It's going to be a very visible world as well. Um, I wanted to talk about the um, rich product and rich and rich snippets um, uh, story. I'm sorry, the rich products feature. Yeah, that's um, great. Because this again is how. Imagine a voice search, as you said, Dave. You're describing what you want in a product, and uh, Google starts winnowing down the various types of uh, products you might be talking about to give you the result that you're looking for. One of the winnowing processes will be um, comparing what you're describing against a database of similar stuff. Yeah? Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, article that came from the Google blog published on Monday, April 10th, um, similar items, rich product feature on Google, I'm uh, sorry, rich products feature on Google image search. What did you see in here? Um, you know what's interesting? I saw something that we talked about. It might, was either if it wasn't last week, it was the week before, um, and that is the the. I think it was last week because we were talking about it in, in in context of the death of SEO. And then here we have an example. We were also talking about going kind of, but here's where we win. Um, and in regards to the the rich product feature or, or the similar items, and, and for our listeners who, who might not know what that is, it's basically if you're if you're looking at a at an image, uh, and that image has products in it, it will show you similar items. So basically, it's going to draw the same or or similar pictures, generally from the shopping engine, um, you know, generally or or related to specific products. In this piece, they actually in, in Google's post on it, they actually give you the ticket in organically because they're going, here's the technical, (laughs) basically you need structured data. Here's how to test for it. Here's how to do it. And we were kind of touching on that uh, either last week or the week before going, yeah, technical SEO is going to start to um, be one of the core factors um, involved with winning these little battles. I mean, it it always has been, but I think it's going to become increasingly important going, you know, two, well, probably one, two, and three years from now where we are battling over these weird carousels. And those weird carousels are product. And Google's going to favor their shopping at <laughs> the product feeds. Um, and so it, we're going to need to battle over every fraction of a percent um, to get in there, as, as we always do. And so it, it's going to be in these technical battles that I think uh, a lot of the organic is going to be won, at least when it comes to commercial. I think we'll, you know, it'll be pretty normal, you know, for the non-commercial terms. But I think if we're going commercial, it's going to be a technical battle. And that was my big takeaway from this. I think it's a neat feature. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture. Show me how to buy that stuff. Right? Like, uh, to me, that, that makes a lot of sense on Google's part. But I, I love that they gave advice to us on the organic side to go, there is still a space for you here, and here's where it is, and here's what you need to do. Okay. And so what you need to do is, again, go to schema.org, look up um, product metadata, 
um, and start adding um, product markup to your product pages. Um, another thing, harken back to uh, about, I think, 10, maybe 15 minutes ago in this podcast, when we were talking about, I'm sorry, 15 minutes ago, about half an hour ago in this podcast, uh, we were talking about signals. Um, Google gets to uh, create the local packs and also to create um, uh, local organic listings. Mm-hmm. Remember that where search engines, Google, Bing, or whatever, are drawing information from today, that might change tomorrow. Um, Mastodon might actually become a really popular tool where everybody is talking about the latest product and and service. And so Mastodon, oh, and Mastodon may decide that they want to play cool with Google and Bing, unlike Twitter or Facebook, who didn't want to play cool with uh, Google and Bing until they did want to play cool with Google and Bing. They didn't want to do it anymore. That was a weird. That was. I yeah. really wish we had packed that a few years ago. Um, <laughs> need a scorecard to keep up with these people. Oh, I know. Anyway, Google's gonna, Google, Bing, and other search tools in the future are going to be drawing information from a much wider variety of sources than they do today because the web as we understand it today is, and everybody, everybody feels this, we know that we're on the cusp of a major evolution of the environment we work in. Uh, we're just not entirely positive how that's going to look. But it seems to be forming up fairly quickly now, eh? You know what? You're right. Like it's becoming in a weird way. It's almost becoming easier now to predict the future, even though it's evolving so incredibly rapidly. Um, because all we have to think about is our own human instinct at this point. And <laughs> go, what would be the easiest way to make me buy a thing? Because oh, just to chain you to it, obviously. Well, exactly. And if the system could personalize and understand my behavior, um, if the system could personalize based on global patterns, and if the system could give me all of the information easily laid out for whatever task it is I'm trying to do, then that's that's what it needs to evolve to. And we're watching it every step of the way. We're watching it. Like there, I mean, the other announcement from Google, I think I was just earlier today with the, the searching styles, right? Like if I'm looking at a product on, on mobile, I can now just sort of scroll and it'll start to show me people with that. In their example, it's a purse. So I'll go that route. People with that purse, what does it look like on them? Awesome. Like what a great idea because that's been one of the biggest problems with e-commerce, like online e-commerce is I know when I when I worked in, in retail, and this back in, in university, so we're going, there was a radio shack, that's how long ago. Uh, <laughs> part, of, part of the strategy I, I, I would use, and it worked, is, you know, I'm you know, selling somebody a mobile phone, I, I would hand it to them and they would hold it. And by that, I mean like an actual like portable home phone. I don't actually mean like a cell phone because we use more pagers. <laughs> but, you know, actually hand it to a person to give them a bit of ownership because now when I take it away, I've taken something from them. Right? Like they, they want it back. They, they want it back. So they're yeah. more likely to buy it. Online, it's been very, very difficult because a person doesn't get ownership like they do when they go to a retail store and can actually try something on and now they're taking it away. Well, now they can get a better context. They can see that purse on somebody who looks kind of like them. Now, move that forward a bit, you know, with, with a little, add a little bit of VR to this and add, which there's some, some great enhancements about over the last few days too, but add some VR to this, add Google's understanding of what I actually look like so they can find examples or just overlay me into this picture. And all of a sudden you've got a very, very powerful device. And I'm pretty sure that's where they're going. And then an opportunity to show me what other purses uh, might look kind of like that. If I was interested in that one, here's a few other designs, you know, you had Gucci. Well, here's a Dolce & Gabbana, right? Like whatever, Um, you know, showing me other ones that, that might appeal to me. I, I think this is, really, really powerful, and it makes a lot of sense to me as a user um, to really trigger into my brain and give me exactly what I want and what I need to know to make a decision. Well, and again, it's it's how the web is evolving. So as internet marketers and as, well, face it, as, as quiet persuasion experts, um, <laughs> this is... 
This is the directions we have to be looking at. We got to be. We have got to be looking at a break right now, or studio is going to explode. Um, <laughs> so, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media. You're listening to Web College on Cranberry.fm, the 13th of April, 2017, and we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Web College. We'll be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. Check out some new favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm. Webcology. break dave just pushed the most miraculous thing through the interwebs down to me <laughs> apparently and i haven't tested this myself yet but dave just did you can submit urls to google from a google search result page for say what yeah, if you enter, um, I think this started yesterday. If you put submit URL to Google into Google search box, it pops up with an option or, or a box where you can actually submit it. Just like drop your URL here, click this button to just prove you're uh, not a robot and click submit. Um, okay. And to get indexed from doing that, uh, to, well, if you were sort of watching me because I just went submitted now, boom, boom. It takes about five to 10 seconds to get a page into the index. Um, going through that, uh, going through that system. Okay, so when your search engine submission service charges you fifteen ninety five a month for search engine submissions, <laughs> now you know. And only, I mean, seriously, why is why does you don't need to do search engine submissions to Google? Google will find your content, provided a link exists to that content. Why would Google have a um, submission box? Yeah, I mean, I've always tended to lean on, and you know, I mean, this is going way back, 2004, launching the Beanstalk site, I just went the, I'm not even going to bother submitting, I mean, that was just an interesting sort of, let's just see how long it takes, but when, rather than taking time to submit to search engines, why don't I take that same time and start building some links? Because <laughs> that's, that's going to work its way out. It does. The only time I can see, and, and I do do this you know, fairly regularly, is if I'm publishing a piece of content, and I, I don't usually do it for my daily blog post. Sometimes I do, but not normally. Um, but if I'm publishing a piece of content that is specifically time sensitive, like this is in right now, and I just did it last Thursday. I was publishing a piece on a new Google announcement where Google hadn't actually published the email they were sending out. So I was first in to publish this content um, that they had published in my analysis of it. Well, I wanted that first in the index and it worked. I was getting 300 visitors a day for, for a good few days just to that content because I was first. 
um, to have it. So in that context, it, it does work. It's great. Use it. You've got fresh content. It's time sensitive. Get it in. Get it fast. Um, and it'll get it into the index. But I think for the most part, like, you know, my blog posts, they're not going to rank. They're, they're useful, but they cover too many topics, right? Like while my, where I'm doing a daily summary of the news, it's, it's too much. It's, it might rank, you know, for SEO news for a day, whatever, but it's not going to actually lock down any specific key phrases. So I don't worry about it. I did it just during the break just to go, Hey, that's how fast. See, um, but that's about it. But it is handy. If you have time sensitive content for all of our listeners, um, highly recommend it. Yeah. Just use it. I mean, you could go in through the search console. I used to do it that way, but this is as fast and way easier to do. Oh, absolutely. Now getting indexed is one thing. Getting really strong rankings for that page is another. <laughs> um, I don't suppose that there's anything in the piece that you did just get instantly indexed. If there, if there's a weird word or a, uh, a strange turn of phrase that we could test on. Uh, oh, you know what? I should have thought of that on the uh, on the commercial break, uh, and and totally would have uh, totally would have had that. I suppose you know what? I'll quickly do this. You can cover cover a bit of time, but I'll bet I can actually. Okay, friends. Now, what you can't see is Dave is typing diligently to get that URL in there so we can test it. Um, I imagine this has a lot to do with uh, new mobile environment. Um, and uh, I, I, again, trying to figure out why Google would invite us to submit URLs in a process that, that again, um, Google is able to find your website, provided another entity out there links to your website. That's um, I've had I've had new pages that, that have fresh links going to them rank within forty eight hours. So, like. I uh, I don't just mean indexed. They get they get they've been indexed within the same day, but ranked within forty eight hours. Although Dave, you had that you had a totally fresh page URL never existed before, uh, indexed in five seconds, right? Yeah, that was about right. Um, and yeah, I mean it, it's it's got it's it's so varied. It's not ranking for anything key. But yeah, if I do something like and it's because it's covering a few stories, local ranking factors, Burger King Web VR, right? Like I just grabbed a, a word from different points in the in the piece to make sure nothing like you know, local ranking factors. Well, guess what? Moz is going to win that one. <laughs> That's going to happen. But string those all together, and yeah, there we go. And 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 there it is, number four. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, I mean, this is, this is really new, but that's how fast, I mean, they actually grabbed, and then what this tells me and, and you as well, and I think this is what's key, it's grabbing the whole page. It's not just understanding this URL exists, it's mm -hmm. actually grabbing the content of the page. And for this phrase, give it an hour, and for that phrase, it'll probably rank number one. It, it needs to gain a little traction and, and relevance, but, and I watched that happen with my one last Thursday is, it did take a couple hours for Google to understand its context inside the site. But once it understands it exists and has that content, now at least it understands that I'm the unique source and everybody coming in after is, is the duplicate, not me. Gentle spammers, start your engines. Seriously. Now, again, if you are going to be taking advantage of this feature, it's one of those features you want to take advantage of quickly because I honestly don't see it lasting a long time. No, and I mean, what I find interesting is it lets you do it, and probably helpful, it lets you do it with other pages. So if I had an article published on a third-party site, I can now submit theirs. But I have a feeling, yeah, we'll probably see it go back to the Search Console again, which is where it has been, and it worked great there, and it still took a few seconds. It was just an extra step to do the fetches Google and then request indexing. Yep. Okay, on that, we got to leave it for the week. Um, we've burned we've burned through our allotment, our allotted time. Um but we'll be back next week here on Web College. So, friends, on behalf of uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Audio Speaking. You can visit webcology on cranberry.fm on the Stick around cranberry.fm um, this year and always. Plenty of great content coming up after the news. Opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content with...